and hello hello everyone we got um dean i'm sorry i don't know if i'm saying your name right dean bentley <laughs> yeah yeah completely right dean bentley from uh from australia right yeah yeah that's it awesome from northern rivers uh last time i had an interview with uh, a guy named michael sadol and he's he was like a he's like a yogi and um a pretty interesting interview about how he became a yogi and how he became successful and and everything like that but um i'm, I'm definitely um interested in hearing uh hearing your story and hearing about you dean today awesome uh yeah thanks for having me on here ace um ace in asia as i've got here you on here on the <laughs> zoom i love that that's beautiful <laughs> um and yeah like um yeah um I, i'm also a bit from the yogic background i haven't gone into the deep but like that's how a big part of how i started on my journey yoga meditation and whatnot and it's really led me down so many rabbit holes that have got me here um, I can just go into a bit of a broad overview of like where I am now and then potentially go into how I got here, if that's, you'd be open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so where I am now, I'm working as a coach. Um, so this is a bit of a transformational coach. So what I do is people normally come to me with um, issues. Maybe they're not, to them, it's, often it's a surface level problem of not really being where they want to be in life maybe they're dealing with a few mindset um, problems a bit of lack of confidence or some low self-esteem um, that self-doubt that self-worry and that can show up and generally there's something deeper here but this may show up as them feeling a bit unfulfilled in their life thinking there's something more um, that they're missing something and a big part of what I aim to work with is the pleaser archetype. So this is a person who plays out that uh, martyr kind of role. They self-sacrifice their own needs, their own wants to please another instead of asking for what it is they want. Um, so they might, you know, instead of being direct about what they want, they'll be like, oh, if I do this for you, you'll do that for me. And often this doesn't actually result in getting their own needs met. Um, so I'm working with a few people in that regard to kind of empower themselves to really step up and be like, okay, how can I get my needs met without sacrificing myself and being direct and honest? And that also means being all more authentic. Um, and so for that, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in that process myself. Like I'm a recovering nice guy. I'm not sure if you've heard of that term, like um, Donald Glover, um, he had a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy and it's a mm -hmm. big thing in the men's space. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm doing a lot of work in that regard. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, people come to me, to me for different reasons, but some, a lot of the time it's surface level and then we start diving deeper into where that's coming from and start looking at, oh, what do you believe about yourself? Maybe you're like, I'm not good enough, you know, I'm not worthy, or everyone else deserves that but me. So we start looking at that, and then, you know, there's also that self-sabotage that often comes through of people being like, oh, I want this. They tell themselves they want it. And then instead of actually achieving that, 
they'll, you know, maybe get right to the peak of the hill and then they slide back down and they're like, what the hell happened there? It's like that elastic band it stretched and then it kind of rebounded and shot back exactly where it was and they can't work out what it is um, that's happening there. And often there's a limited belief or a safety mechanism that wants to keep them where they are because they know if they stay where they are, it's in the known and then they're safe and they can just really be um, safe there. So it's like the tall poppy syndrome where if someone grows up too um, tall, they shine bright, they get cut down. So it's like, oh, if I stay low, hidden, I'll be safe and secure. Okay. Um, and that's a big um, thing that plays out for a lot of people. That, yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool, man. That, um, so, so a lot of times um, people come to you because of their, they have like a self-esteem issue or because they, they want to, um, I don't know, maybe they want to start a business or something and they don't, or they, they keep failing or something, or they want to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. So they not, might notice something like they might not recognize it as a self-esteem or confidence issue, mm-hmm. but that can generally be a deeper cause of the issue that's um, surfacing. So maybe they do want to start the business or maybe they're trying to, you know, pick up a consistent practice or um, work on a project that's a passion of theirs. They know that it lights them up, but it's kind of limiting them. Mm-hmm. Or there's something limiting them. And so that generally comes down to that root issue of self-esteem, self-confidence, or um, a bit of unworth in their own uh, their own ability. So they're like, oh, I'm not deserving of being that good, of making that money, or working for myself or something. There's like a bit of a disconnect in what they think they're worth and what they actually are. Yeah, yeah, the, the self-talk for me is, um, is really, um you know, going about a daily life and then, and then you're kind of like kind of talking to yourself and then you're kind of like putting yourself down very, very subtly or, you know, and then that kind of like reverberates into like all your decision-making kind of like, you know. Yeah. It's so like our language towards ourselves and to others is one of the most powerful things we can focus on and begin to change to, start to empower ourselves. So, uh-huh. you know, when we have that negative self-talk of, oh, I'm not enough, or, you know, we can start to reframe that. Okay, how am I doing enough? Like if it, for me, it often comes down to, I'm not doing enough. Like I, I haven't achieved enough today or something. So, okay, what did I do today? And I start to actually look at what I did and talk about that instead of that going down that, spiral of oh I didn't do enough oh shit I'm so worthless and Mm -hmm. going down that spiral I try and divert that into a positive somehow Mm -hmm. and look at it from a different aspect so I can just build that up instead of going down that rabbit hole I'm like Mm -hmm. before I enter that hole I'm like okay let's change that let's um be like no today I actually kicked ass you know I, I I did good and then I start reaffirming that with the things I actually achieved and did to help build that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can always look at something. You can always be like, okay, well, all right, well, um, 
what have I achieved? I've, I've, I, you know, as, as a law, as a bigger scale sort of thing, you can be like, okay, well, I graduated college, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I, I, I don't know, like I won the track meet when I was in high school or something, you know, and, 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 you know, you can focus on those things rather than, you know, Oh, like I screwed up or, or as a kind of more short term, you know, it could be like, Oh yeah. Last week I, I went running and then I went to the gym like twice, twice last week, you know? And so you got to get, you got to give yourself those, you know, give yourself those good, good, good feedback, man. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're Mm -hmm. spot on like, and even celebrating that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your, your wins or victories, no matter how small, like going to that gym when you said you were going to and being like, I went to the gym, you know, and own that and just be like, yeah, I, (laughs) I did what I said I was going to and like mm-hmm. celebrate that because I found that a lot of our low self-esteem, our low confidence comes from this, um, our lack of integrity because we don't believe in ourselves or we don't trust ourselves because we say we're going to do these sins and then we don't. Mm-hmm. And so then when we start to do what we say we're going to do, we build up this integrity, we build up this confidence, this self-trust and the self-esteem and it really starts to um, pile up in all different areas. And that's like one of the most um, powerful things I've found to start to build that is building that integrity. So if you say you're gonna do something, you do it. Uh Or, you know, you just really get assured on what it is you're doing, say you're doing. And so integrity is like alignment between what you say, what you think, and what you do. Mm-hmm. So if we can bring that into alignment as much as we can, we start to build ourselves up and it becomes a very powerful process. Yeah. And those, those little wins, man, those little going to the gym and then, you know, doing your journaling and then doing a little meditation mm-hmm. and then you get those little, little wins every day. And then it kind of, it, it adds up really quickly, man, really quickly. Hmm. And that can be a really powerful practice at the end of your day. You know, when you finish, you can jump in your journal and be like, what did I accomplish today? Mm-hmm. And list your achievements and celebrate each one and just feel how that makes you feel acknowledging yourself for doing that because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I did a bit today. And mm-hmm. you're reaffirming that you're going back for your day and then like celebrating yourself because you're honoring yourself for all you did do. Yeah, we're so we're, we're so out of touch with our feelings and the journaling can really um you know I got mine right here you know but um you can it can really you know get you back in touch with your feelings Still there Yeah, I lost you for a second. Oh, sorry. I'm about to turn my video off. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's no worries. Okay. Maybe that'll help a little bit. Okay, yeah, so we were talking about uh, little wins here, the gyms, going to the gym and doing the meditation and all that. Um, talk to me about... Um, the uh 
male archetype or the masculine archetypes. I think you're really into that, right? Oh. You still there, man? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, talk to me about the um, masculine archetypes. Oh, the masculine archetypes. So, yeah. of course, in this, there's um, many. Like, you know, we have so many archetypes within us. Um, but four common ones. And uh, there's a book called King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. And it explores the four basic ones for masculine development. And this was, I found for myself, a really beautiful way to identify different patterns with, within myself. So, of course, the archetypes are the king, warrior, magician, and lover. So, the king is the ruler, the one who, like, um, builds that structure and sovereignty for the being. So, this one governs everything. This one stands for what is right and maybe tells the heart harsh truths and makes the harsh decisions if it needs to be for the greater good. Um, and yet there's also two uh, shadow aspects of the king that can come into play. There's a tyrant who tries to claim that power for himself. So uh -oh. this is the greed one who wants to rule and is scared to give up his power. And then you also have the weakling which is the one who's scared of his own power and scared to step into it. So this might be someone who has all these skills, who, um, you know, has studied uh, something, no matter what it is. Uh -huh. And then they're scared to really use that to give to the world. They're like, oh, no, I don't have that responsibility. You know, I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough to step into that power and give that to the world. So they keep themselves small. And the responsibility of the king is to give back to the kingdom, is to serve the kingdom. Uh -huh. And when we withhold from the people, we don't fully serve. So, um, and with these uh, archetypes, I always find it's not so much, okay, am I fully in the king or you know, am I fully in the immature, the shadow aspects? It's like, it's always questioning, okay, how am I showing up in each position? Because we always have aspects of both, like we're human, so we're imperfect. So it's not like, okay, we're all in our king all the time. Where It's like, okay, sometimes maybe, oh, maybe I shrink away from that responsibility and you're like, oh, I see that. And then you can step up into that king role. Um, and then you have the magician, which is the knower. So this is the master of ritual, of technology. So it's the specialist in a way, the one who could uh, work a computer, maybe run a meditation and run a retreat, or just that one who knows, who's able to pass on information on and share that with others. And that also comes into a similar one as the king as the weakling you can have the dark magician who's um not able to give his who won't give his gifts to others who will keep the knowledge to himself for dark 
purposes though. So he might charge a lot for his um, information and then not share it fully, or he just may hoard it himself so he can gain that power and make himself more powerful and above others and kind of keep himself separated. Where the magician in his fool, he wants to share that information. He wants to give that to all the people around so that they too can have this knowledge and be strong and be um, fully human, to be fully alive and just step into their own power. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. And that that's a really beautiful archetype to work with when we're like trying to create something, when we uh -huh. want to create a business, a goal, and we can just, you know, get to the specifics and be like, oh, okay, what can I do there to manifest this and to really create that dream? Um, and so we can just try and invoke that magician and be like, work our magic to create the reality we want to live in. Uh -huh. And in saying that though, we also need the archetype of the warrior when we're doing that, because the warrior is the one who's focused, who's like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to achieve that uh -huh. no matter the consequences. So it would be the one who would ride off to war knowing they're going to die because they're fighting for something greater. And when the warrior is in a, his fullness, he has that transcendental um, commitment to something outside himself. So this can be a commitment to God, it can be a commitment to a king, uh -huh. or it can be co a commitment to his own ethos. So the rules he lives by and how he lives in alignment with them. And he will, he will do whatever it takes. He will face death to stand for what he believes in and live up to that higher expectation. And then we've got also the darker aspects of the warrior when he doesn't live in accordance with that higher purpose, which becomes a masochist or sadist. So instead of using that warrior energy, the one who wants to fight, who wants to just take on the world, he begins to use that for a darkness there who wants uh -huh. to hurt others because uh -huh. he feels a little bit empty inside. And the only way he can feel is to hurt himself or to hurt others. So he takes it out on them uh -huh. and he loses that, um, that embodiment of the warrior in his fullness. And we see that a lot in the world today with, you know, people hurting another and uh -huh. um, not really, it, it's what a lot of that toxic masculinity comes from because what people call toxic masculinity because it's a warrior energy, which so many people are afraid of. But it's the immature warrior. We don't have that warrior in his fullness. And so this aggressive, this assertiveness can often be labeled as toxic and can be a big part of people disowning their masculinity because they're so afraid to be seen that way. And I think for a lot of men, myself included, reclaiming this aspect of self and allowing us to own that power and realizing it can be used for good mm -hmm. is so powerful because it's us willing to fight for what is right. And um, I'm not sure if you've found that um, as well, like that warrior energy can be very shamed in a way. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, an example of that would be like, well, you know, 
you know, why do you want to do this? Or why do you, why do you want to start your own business? Why don't you just, you know, why don't you just, you know, just hang out here with us, you know, and do what we're doing or, or, you know, mm. am I, am I, am, am I sort of hitting the, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that can be the warrior not like willing to step into his power because he's like, he, he kind of still wants to please and he's like avoiding his own power. So it's like, oh, this is what people want me to do. So I'll, I'll fall into, um, I'll fall into what they want to do. And yet when we reclaim that warrior, it's like, oh, hell no. I want to do what I want to do because I know that's best for me and I'm committed to something greater than myself. So it's like, uh-huh. it helps pull us out of that um, pleaser role and step into something more where we're like, yeah, let's do this. And I don't care what others think, what others say. I'm going to do this. Yeah, there's kind of like a, it's kind of like you're, you're um, going out on the path and then, um when you step into warrior and you're a little bit alone out there for a while if you're doing something new um no matter what it mm. is you know whether that's going to a, maybe you're going to a new career or path or you want to start a yoga studio or or, or whatever it is you know you're kind of like and you don't know anybody maybe you don't maybe none of your friends do those things but you really want to do those things because they give you a sense of um, they give you some sense of self worth, and you love you, you enjoy the heck out of it. But it's kind of like you know you got to leave, you got to leave your friends, man. You know. Mm. Yeah, and that's the warrior energy who's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and I know it might suck. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it anyway, and you know, owning that and being like, oh. Okay, I can bear this sacrifice for the greater good, even even if it's the greater good of myself. I I can bear that pain and I can walk forward still. And that going off is the whole hero's journey of, you know, leaving home, mm-hmm. going off and having that challenge, um, having a mentor, you know, overcoming a big difficulty and then you can return home with your new gifts and share that with the people that were there previously. Yes. Yes. And then when you come back home and you have, um, maybe you did get something going on in your business then everybody, then people are like, Oh wow. Cool. Like, you know, Ace has got this yoga studio now or Ace has got this thing or, or he's got this thing going and, and then you're kind of a little bit more, I don't know. I don't know about the word respect. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. Mm, yeah. And it's not, I, I think respected would be a beautiful word for mm-hmm. it. Cause I don't think, you know, if you're like, you tried to convince them to join you and be like, Oh, come over here and do what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're not interested. It's, you know, it's, they're not going to want to come with you. But if you come back with your, you know, your change self or these new tools, this new finances, these new boons um, or whatever it is, people be like, oh, damn, Ace was onto something there. You know, I want to go see what he was on and maybe learn more about that. And they come over to where you were and start joining you because you went off first and did that work. And now they see the results and they're like, Oh yeah, I want a little bit of that for myself. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so many people out there that uh, they work in the office. They they that I personally know they work in the office or whatever it is they do, and then but they really kind of want to do this other thing, but they're not really like they haven't really put the the they haven't put their themselves out there really you know in a way that's um that's uh i don't know like um like financially or whatever they haven't quit their job yet or they haven't you know taken that class or they haven't you know they haven't gone out there and um so it's kind of like you it's it's hard man you know (laughs) yeah oh yeah and like everyone gets their own call to adventure at a different time like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm not sure what set you on your path but for me it was my depression and anxiety that made me want to go explore something else to try and work with this and overcome it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's awesome man that's awesome and 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 did you i mean how did you come across this 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 um this um this book king lover magician warrior did somebody hand it to you or did you kind of? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just do a briefing of the lover and then get into that. Uh, the lover is the one who feels and, um, you know, connects with others and uh-huh. helps create that passion for life. So uh-huh. if it sees the beauty in it, it can be a very feminine energy at times, but it's also just that, you know, the one that wants to be held and hold another and just really connect in them and it's like keeps all the other archetypes feeling and um makes them human so without it people can be you know right in the warrior and they can just be want to attack fight and that and they forget to enjoy the beauty of life and so we need that to make everything human and also connect us to others um and that is one of the most beautiful aspects and I think for a lot of men it can be hard to connect into because we're not used to that feeling aspect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah especially especially as men we're kind of sort of taught like not to you know we're kind of taught like not to feel or whatever you know not to have feelings and things like that. You know, the guy with the the feeling guy is the guy, the weak, the weak man, you know? Mm, Yeah, definitely. It was that macho paradigm of you got to be tough and to Mm, be tough, mm. it means you don't feel. Mm. Well, then it went the other extreme and we went fully into the lover without really um, having the upper archetypes and you have the uh, sensitive new age guy or the pleaser, you know, the one who, doesn't have his own power and kind of lost his connection to his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, often I really resonated with myself and reclaiming that has been a powerful process. And um, coming back around to your other question about King, warrior, magician, lover. Um, for me, I think I stumbled upon it in a podcast, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't really done a lot of work specifically on the masculine like I was going into my own spiritual path and um, you know listening to a lot of different things and then yeah it just kept popping up for me and I'll admit I had a little bit of resistance to going down that rabbit hole I was like oh how powerful can it be you know I've got a little bit of understanding of the archetypes and then I finally brought it and 
oh, it just really opened a few things up for me and made me really start to connect back in with my masculinity because that was something I had so much shame about, so much, um, yeah, confusion about and just disowned that. So it was good to come back to and just to be like, oh, I understand a little bit more and I can also see how I can uh, reclaim these parts of myself and help to empower myself. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about, um, talk to me about masks. I think you, did you, I think you mentioned that a little bit beforehand, um, before you started. Yeah. 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 So you are talking about like how as people we can wear different masks and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. So, um, a mask is kind of, to me, like what we put on to be perceived in a certain way. So it can be a persona or if you're like an actor in a play, it would be that person you played in that play. But we play these different roles in life instead of just being like, oh, this is fully me. So that macho man that we mentioned, he can be a mask because we don't want others to see us feeling because that would make us weak. It would make us um, less than who we are. So we put on this mask of this tough guy. So people can't get in and we're like, nope, I don't have any of them feelings. You don't get to see that. And we protect ourselves because if they've seen the true us, that scares the shit out of us. And um, mm-hmm. the pleaser is often um, a master of these masks they can be a chameleon so you know they put on a different mask depending on who they are are with so you know with um some people they might be really outgoing uh, like oh yeah i'll give that a go a bit of adrenaline junkie or whatever and then they might slink back into themselves with another uh other people and then just hold away in the shadow a little bit because they play that submissive role and they'll just put on different um, masks and each archetype could be considered a mask in some way. Um, Like you could go on, they're very similar in aspects, but yeah, a mask is generally just how we protect ourselves from what's underneath. And generally when we start taking off masks, when we start looking beneath the surface is that we find that we've created these personas, these masks to protect our wounded inner child who went through something earlier in his development that hurt him so much that he had to create a safety measure or something to protect him and make him feel safe. And that's where these masks come from, that um, childhood often or a traumatic experience of some degree. And when I say trauma, traumatic or trauma, mm-hmm. it can be something very simple, simple such as, um, you know, you're being in your cot when you're young, like a baby, and you started crying and your parents didn't get to you quick enough. That's mm-hmm. traumatic because as a kid, you felt abandoned and that meant death to you. So it was just like, wow, wait, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And that created this imprint of, you know, potentially feeling like you could never trust anyone because you didn't have that instant um, service of your parents who looked after you. 
Yeah, I've created there. There's some. Tr- I've had some trust issues with people because of um, because of like past childhood, past experiences and things like that. That I've realized that were you know, whether it be making friends or may or or whatever it is, you know, I just have like some trust issues, and I just realized that recently. So. Mm. Yeah, and trust, I think, often comes back to our childhood and our upbringing of, you know, could we trust um, our caregivers to meet our needs mm-hmm. or, you know, respect our boundaries? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what sometimes boundaries and, like, having no boundaries created a lot of trust issues because or it, you weren't allowed to set them. So if you said no, you know, that was... Um, not accepted and they pushed past that boundary and made you feel unsafe in your body but also made you not trust other people because they violated you to some degree Mm -hmm. yeah there's some there's some um deep things and it's it's it seems like when when i when i do the journaling you know it kind of like i remember this thing and this thing happened and you know, just uh, this and just things I never haven't thought about for like, like I've almost forgotten about for like 45, 40 years, you know, so it's just kind of like, I think that's part of where the journaling is um, kind of can, can be helpful. And so that's mainly your journaling practice, because I know you wanted to jump into that a little bit. Um, yeah, I usually I usually just write like um, my day, okay, like a very very quick something like okay, how did I sleep? Okay, good, bad, and then I do a um, uh, how did I feel because I've had some some thyroid problems, and did I feel good, bad, et cetera, et cetera, and then did I do any exercise the day before or 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 stretching or any kind of yoga, and then and then um, that's just kind of the the bare basics and then something that I like or didn't like, like I'll do like a little gratitude. Okay. Like I feel grateful for my conversation with Dean today or or whatever it may be. And then, um, you know, sometimes I'll I'll throw in some, uh, you know, I'll throw in some, some, a past trauma story or something like that, that, that I had been thinking about or, or that, uh, that came up somehow, you know, I thought, that was something triggered or something. Um, it doesn't always happen. It happens mm. every, every now and then it's, it's kind of, kind of infrequent, you know, like um, maybe uh, something I felt very guilty about that happened when I was like many years ago, that seems very, very, very trivial. Like, I don't know, like I got, um, I, um, I wasn't there for my brother or something and I feel guilty about that. So I'll just write that down and say, you know, hey, you know, does that really matter now? Does he really care about that now? Does he even remember that now? Probably not, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I just and then getting in touch with the feelings like um, is 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 um, is definitely helpful, you know, and it's um, it's been helpful, man. It's been it's been um, it's been real it's been real good because it's kind of like, it's almost like a, your own personal, you know, therapy kind of thing. I don't know. What, what kind of things do you do? 
Um, yeah, I do quite a bit different. Like it sounds like there was a lot of validation and um, also naming that feeling. And then um, there's also practices where you can engage with different like aspects of yourself so that um, mm -hmm. when that guilt comes up, that could be like an internal archetype of the critic or mm -hmm. something. And by writing it out, we can identify that more. Um, so that's is one practice I have done a few times where um, I'll try and notice the different voices in my head mm. and write them out on page, a page and then trying to engage with that singular voice. And if it's the critic coming through of being like, wait, hold on, why are you telling me, you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, I should have done this better. Mm -hmm. What is the reason behind like it wanting me to do that or wanting telling me that because I believe I have this belief that everything um, is working for us mm -hmm. so our internal dialogue is trying to it has a role it plays to protect us to serve us in some capacity it might be outdated but at some point it was relevant so I'll try and engage with that aspect and be like okay you're telling me I'm not good enough or I did that wrong. Mm -hmm. What is your highest intention behind, I'd like ask it this question of what is your highest intention behind telling me that? And, you know, generally it was something like, oh, you know, I wanted you to be approved, um, approved of or, you know, make everyone like me or something along them lines and trying to protect me from rejection is it, mm. a common theme for me. So um, I'd just ask it that and I'd be like, ah, oh, so some part of me is feeling not good enough at the moment. So it needs, so maybe I'm not giving myself enough self-approval right now or self-love. So I can take some time and just, you know, do practice where I validate myself and to remind myself I am enough through affirmations, through uh, self-pleasure and just being like, oh, I love my body, you know, and just feeling it and giving it love in different ways or uh -huh. just something that reminds yourself you are loved. That's one practice and just seeing where that's coming from. Uh -huh. And often it, it is that inner child too that does feel wounded. So I could do a meditation with my inner child and connect in with him and go in in the visual space and you know hold him and just love him and be like tell him everything's going to be okay and that he is enough that he's good enough that i'm never going to leave him i'm never going to abandon him and i'm always going to be here and just remind him how much i love that inner aspect of myself um and that's been a really um pivotal thing for me connecting in with my child and just reminding it that it, it is enough, mm. he is enough. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also another journal practice I do. Um, I've done it a few times now and what it is, is you write a letter from your child, like your inner child's perspective mm -hmm. with your non-dominant hand um, and you pretend that you're that child so, and you like if it was a trauma you went through or like an experience, you just write down what you felt. And, you know, if you're angry, you just start saying, I am angry. I felt 
scared. I felt um, lonely. Mm-hmm. I felt I wasn't enough. And you just start writing from your inner child's perspective with your non-dominant hand. And then you come over with your dominant hand and write a letter to your inner child, um, validating all it felt, being like, was okay to feel that because so often we're shamed for feelings as a child we're like oh that wasn't good enough or you're not allowed to feel that so Uh just validating them feelings and being like it's okay to feel angry it's okay to feel scared sad even joy can be shamed so it was okay to feel joy and whatever your child was felt feeling we validate it and then remind it that it is enough and it is loved and make it feel safe and when we're riding with our right hand, it's our adult self or a wizard self that comes back to that child and nurtures it and reparents ourselves. And that's just a really um, powerful practice I've felt through journaling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then yeah, you also, yeah, I'd, I'd like recommend that to give it go to anyone once and when you're riding with your non-dominant hand, if anger is coming through, allow it because it's frustrating using your non-dominant hand and not feeling like you can do it and you do it anyway and allow that anger to come through and just allow it all to feel. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful, um, that's a very, very powerful exercise. Hmm. It's very, I think, I think people, I think people really, um, I think, I think pretty much everyone could, could uh, benefit from doing uh, an exercise like that. Um, certainly mm. I could. Mm. Uh, how, how can people get in touch with you? Um, I'm on Instagram as the paradigm upgrade. That's my um, main profile. I do have a website, but I'd say for everyone on Instagram, the paradigm upgrade um, is where you can reach easier, easiest. And if you have any questions about um, this sort of stuff we've discussed, feel free to reach out and I can um, go into a little bit more of anything that's been discussed or something else that might have come up too. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Mm. Mm. Awesome, man. And well, yeah, that, go ahead. Yeah, go on. Go on. Uh, do you have anything else you wanna you want to say? Um, no, that would be uh, most of it, and that last one would be like I do other journal practices, including mm-hmm. like envisioning what you want. Mm-hmm, Yet mm-hmm. I found this one here to be the most powerful to really connect in with our truer self and help um, let go of the masks that we were talking about earlier because that's what was protected that inner child. So when we honor him, we can lift off the masks and come back to ourselves. And um, at the end of that exercise, I found a powerful thing to do is to burn that note, like both notes as well. And if you can bury it in the earth for Gaia to like the earth to transmute it into um, truth. And if you need, maybe do some emotional release techniques around that as well because it can bring up a lot well, cool man this has been awesome um we should have a little more time to talk maybe we can talk again sometime yeah i'd be more than happy to do that
Yeah, man. Thank you very much, Ace. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate your time so much, Dean. I really do. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Good to hear from you, and I'm glad you connected in. All right, man. All right. Have a wonderful day, bro. All right, man. You too.